Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. Let's drop my card here. It's good to see you today. We're so glad that you are here. I have a chair with me in this series that we've talked about with I Will. We've discovered this, that every seat tells a story. Would you do this with me? Would you just take your hand and go, it's my story? Would you do that? Come on. It's my story. It's our story. And it's their story. Let's try that one more time. You ready? It's my story. It's our story. And it's their story. And so we understand that right now your story is being developed. And as part of Stockbridge Community Church, that's part of God's plan to help develop your story. It's part of God's plan to help develop my story. And it's part of God's plan to develop other people's story that haven't even entered the doors of this church yet. So every seat tells a story. And this morning, uh, remember, we, we were in this I Will series. And again, we said there's three things that I want you to know through this series. And that is that, you know, I, I Will is saying, I will grow, sow, and go. And so that's very significant this morning. Now, today we're going to be talking about willing to be generous. Willing to be generous. And uh, I'm so excited about this topic because I really believe that there's three things that if you want to build your life on that will bring God's blessing. One of those is integrity. The other one is humility. And the third one is generosity. God blesses a life that is built on those three things. And so today that we start off with generosity, you may say, what is generosity? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Generosity, many people, as soon as I say generosity, you start thinking about their checkbook or the wallet, you know. Well, I want to tell you, generosity is not just about money. Generosity is a, this is what the definition of generosity is. Generosity is love in action. Let me say it again. Generosity is love in action. So it's not just about giving your money. It's about giving your time. It's about giving your life. It's about giving who you are to help other people. I was with some, uh, some uh, young people yesterday in their 20s, and, and I was talking to them. I said, you know what? Rhonda and I, uh, uh, you know, we, our first child was born when, when uh, we were 24 years old. And they go, man, that's so young. I said, no, 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 no. I said, it wasn't so young. I said, that's the time of your life when you begin to, I said, having children is when you learn to, how to really live life because you start giving, and it's not just about you anymore. And they went, well, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> you know, because I want to tell you, you don't live life until life starts, stops being about you. When it stops being about you and about being other people, then that's when you start really living life. And so today we want to talk about that. You know, uh, matter of fact, I, I wrote this down this week. I had one of those thoughts that I believe is a God thought, and it's, it is this. And I said this, uh, when you live your life only, when you live your life only on the receiving side of life, you will always be on the greedy side. Mm, did you hear that? 
When you live your life only for the receiving side, it's all about you, you'll live it on the greedy side. Matter of fact, uh, the, the wisest man to ever live, uh, Solomon, wrote some words uh, about this. Look what he says in Proverbs 3 and 15. I love this translation. It says, greed has twins. Each name, let's read them together. You ready? Here we go. Give me and give me more, right? Can I tell you something? You know that when you're greedy, you will always be needy. When you're greedy, you will always be needy. In other words, when it's all about you, when it's like, you know, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, then you're always going to be a needy, needy person. But in order, when you start giving your life away, then that's when the transition begins to, to come in your life. You know, I read, a, there's a guy, there's a psychologist, his name is Carl Minninger, and this is what he says. He's a psychologist and an author, and this is what he says about generous. He says, generous people are rarely mentally ill. Wow. Maybe if we're struggling with depression or something like that, maybe the best thing that we can do is to learn to be a little more generous, right? And so, you know, a lot of us struggle with those type bouts of depression. Not everybody. Some people are clinical. I understand that. But the average person struggles with that. The reason is, is because life is all about us, and we think about us all the time. And listen, if you think about you all the time, you're going to be jacked up. You weren't created to think about you. It's created to think about other people. Okay, so... Let's dive right in here today. I want to give you a couple of things. These first one are going to be pretty quickly, but I want to, we're going to answer the question today, what happens when I'm generous? What happens when I'm generous? So if you'll go ahead and write this down. Number one, generosity brings God's blessings. Generosity brings God's blessings. Proverbs 22 and 9 says it very clearly. Generous people will be what? Will be blessed. That's right. Will be blessed. Now, you, listen, uh, you either believe that or you don't. But it's true because God said it. Also, in Deuteronomy 15 and 10, look what it says. Give generously, then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your what? In all your work. And then notice this. And in what? Everything. In everything you put your hands to. There is nothing like the blessing of Almighty God. I want to tell you. I've experienced that in my life. God has blessed my life. And He's blessed many of your lives as well. And He wants to bless everyone's life here today. Okay, let's go to number two. Number two, generosity increases my happiness. Increases my happiness. Isn't that what everybody wants? You ask people, what do you want in life? I just want to be happy. Okay, well, here's, here's what Jesus said about that. In Acts 20 and 35, Jesus said, the more, the more happiness... Uh, there is more happiness in giving than in what? Receiving. I, you know, I learned this lesson, you know, and maybe hopefully you have as well, but when I was a kid, Christmas was all about me. Like, I couldn't wait. I wanted to see how many presents under a tree had my name on it, right? I mean, right? I was looking for my stuff. But when, you know, when I got older and when I had, uh, you know, my children and my wife and family members, then I learned the secret was it was about them. You see, his son, it's amazing. Isn't it amazing how that generosity and maturity go hand in hand? Isn't that amazing? Like immature people, still, where's my prayer? It's all about me. Give me, give me, give me. But mature people begin to learn it's more about others. And that's where the real happiness comes in. Okay, number three, write this down. Generosity multiplies my money. Generosity multiplies my money. Now, in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 9 11. 
And notice this. Would you read what's underlined with me? Let's read these words together. You ready? Come on. You will be enriched. Wow, that sounds good. Let's say it one more time. You ready? Out loud. Here we go. You will be enriched. Doesn't that word enriched? That sounds good, doesn't it? Enriched. What does that what does enrich mean? That means that you're going to have more than you have right now. To be enriched means you're going to have more than you have right now. And notice this. He said, you're going to be enriched. Now, so that you're going to have more than you have right now. But then notice that the last part, the next part of that verse, what's those next two words? It says, so that. You see that on your verse right there? He says, you're going to be enriched in every way so that. Notice that. So that you can always be what? Okay, so God says, here's God's plan. I want to enrich you. That means that you're going to have more than you have right now, even financially. I'm going to enrich you so that you can be generous in every way. So that you can be, God says, I'm going to get to you what I can get through you. You hear that? I'm going to get it, I'm going to, get it to you and so I can get it through you. Now, you know what? So today, if there's things not flowing your way, then maybe your question should be, Am I a generous person? Can God get it through me? Or, you know, or am I just saying, my name's Jimmy, I'm taking all you give me. You know, I'm a, you, know you heard you know, that saying about, what is it, uh, you know, get all you can and can all you get, then sit on the can? Okay, all right, never mind. So the question is, can God trust you? Now look at this uh, verse right here. And Luke 6 and 38, this is our memory verse, and I've just put down the A portion of this verse that I want you to memorize. Okay, so let's say this verse together. You ready? The first part of this verse, let's say it together. You ready? Give and it will be given to you. Come on, let's say it again. You ready? Give and it will be given to you. Come on, I want you to, I want you to just maybe look at me right now, and I want you to tell that to me like you're trying to convince me of that. You ready? One more time. I'm going to look back at you. Here we go. You ready? Give and it will be given to you. Come on, like with a little attitude, like you're trying to get me to get it. Come on, you ready? Give and it will be given to you. Doggone it. <laughs> See, God, I think that's what Jesus is screaming to us. Now, the last part of this verse I did not put on your outline because it's God's part. Okay, I want you to know you got to get your part down first. We we usually don't. We want to, you know. See, we want the we want the principle without the premise. We want the promise without the premise. It doesn't happen. There's always a premise before there's a promise, and that is this. And Jesus said that you give, and it will be given to you. Then He says, "This is what's going to happen." That's not on your outline, so I'm going to tell you. He says it's going to be shaken down, pressed together, and running over. In other words, the measure that you give is going to be multiplied, given back to you. You're going to be enriched. Now, why would Jesus say that? Well, I'll tell you, in Jesus' day, it was very common for people to go and to get a bag of wheat or something or seed uh, from people in their community. And it was real easy when they would fill up these big bags that these bags would have air pockets in them. And so the people would cheat them because they, wouldn't, they would fill up their bag, but in their, those bags there'd be air pockets so they wouldn't get a whole bag of seed. And Jesus said, God doesn't cheat you like that at all. God says that when you give, it shall be given to you. He says, he's going to not only get it, he's going to shake it down and make sure there's no air pockets. Then he's going to press it down with his hand to make sure it's really full. And then he's going to pour in there and so much that it's going to run over. There's no doubt about God's word and God's promise. He's not going to rip you off. He's going to bless you. He's going to enrich you in every way. Amen. 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 God's going to enrich you. 
in every way. Now listen, I don't want you to just take my word for it. We've got a few people here who want to talk to you about generosity, so would you just pay attention to the screen? I think uh, generosity helps with um, knowing that you can be humble and uh, accept that maybe you just don't need that extra movie ticket or um, like a night on the town. Um, I, help, I think it really helps you not be so full of yourself and it leaves room for God. I look at it like, okay, some people may talk about I would give money just to gain whatever purpose, I don't know. But I came to Pastor Jeff, and this is a true story with me. I was trying to get a loan on my house for a whole year. I could not get that loan. Pastor Jeff came out and told us to make that commitment to give. I gave, and that following Monday, gave Sunday, Monday, I got a call and said, your loan was approved saved me significant amount of money. And that's real for me. And that's what I can tell people. That's what happened to me. I can't say that it happened to you, but it happened to me. I can't exactly remember the verse that it says, but you know, you need a little sacrifice in there. We could give a certain amount and probably no problem with it. But if you're gonna add the sacrifice to it, we need to go beyond that, you know, and so we're in a lot of prayer on that. So. He's right. We have, we have a habit of of living within our means, and um, and so, but in this case, you know, we both discussed, well, if we just do what's comfortable, it's not a sacrifice, you know, so let, let we, we talk and pray about how, how can we give more than that and, and have faith on God to deliver. And you hear it hurts for those people. Remember, let's go back and say our memory verse one more time. You ready? Come on. You ready? Shout it out. Here we go. Give and it will be given to you. That's right. So that's God's law. Now I'd like to take you to number four, and that is this. Generosity brings God's protection. Generosity brings God's protection. Generosity actually brings God's protection on you, over your family, over your business, over your life, it brings God's protection. You know, this uh, the verse that we're about to read, Malachi 3.10, many of you have heard that first part of it, but listen to what the second part says. It says this, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of what? Blessings that you will not have room enough for it. Now, that's the first part. Many of you have heard that many times before, but you've not heard the second part. Here's the second part of that. Look at what it says. The, the next word is I. You see that? Would you just take your pen and write the word God right there beside that? God. And then circle it, because God is saying this, all right? It says, I will prevent. Notice that. God is saying, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says who? The Lord Almighty. So God signs this commitment. He says this, God says that I'm going to bless you and protect you. 
Now, why is it so hard for us to trust God with our finances? I'll tell you why. Because the devil will tell you anything to keep you from giving. Why? Because he don't want you to be blessed and he don't want you to be protected. Did you hear that? You see, God's hands are greater than all states. Hello? You, you know, all states says you're in good hands with all states. No, no, no. No, you're in great hands when you're in God's hands, right? Because I want to tell you, it's God that can go with you every day. He goes with you every day. And God wants to bless you, make things come your way. But also, God wants to keep things that are going to harm you from coming your way. You have to understand that. Listen, you're going to get to heaven. And those of you that, that have learned this promise and lived generously, you're going to find out that there were so many times that, that you should have been dead. But God was there to protect you. There was times that your children, you know, were out doing things that shouldn't have been. Like my children one time, I remember my son one time to, took, took my car. My car runs fantastic. Never had a problem with my car. He goes off somewhere he shouldn't be and all of a sudden my car would not start. He wouldn't go. He had to call me. Dad, your car won't start. I had to go to where he was where he should not have been and pick up my car and pick him up too. I went there. I put my key in the ignition. I turned it over. It started up. It didn't have no problem at all. Why? Because there was an angel of Almighty God sitting right there on the hood of that car saying, I'm going to protect you. Amen? Amen. Don't you believe that? Man, with your children. No, no. See, it doesn't mean you don't go through rough times. You don't go through valleys. We all go through that. But I'm telling you, you're still here. You're not dead. Amen. You got life in, in your body. So listen, the devil will do anything. He'll tell you, you know, you know, that all that church wants is my money. All that preacher wants is my money. Let me tell you something. I can't speak for everybody else. I can just speak for me in this church. No, no, no. We don't just want your money. We want you to have the blessing and the protection of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's what we want for you more than anything. We want you to have the blessing and the protection of God. And listen, I know what the world says, and I, but I'm not in the world. And you're, you know what? We're living of a different uh, kingdom that we're living in, and this spiritual. So I know the spiritual principle. That I want to tell you it's going to take you from here to there. And that is under blessing and the protection of Almighty God. Okay, now, number five, would you write this down? Generosity will be rewarded in heaven. Generosity will be rewarded in heaven. This is so key. So key. Now let's read the first part of this verse of 1 Timothy 6 and 18 and 19. You ready? Let's read what's underlined together. Here we go. You ready? Let's read. Use your money to do... Let's say that one more time. Use your money to do good. Now let me stop right there, okay? Because, see, the world's philosophy is this. The world's philosophy is, is that you love money and you use people. You hear that? That's the world's philosophy. Love money, use people. Do whatever you've got to do to get what you've got to get, right? Okay? Beat people. It doesn't matter, you know? Beat them out of stuff. Cheat them. Lie to them. Whatever you've got to do. But God's philosophy is this. is love people and use money. Amen. Did you hear that? God's philosophy is that you love people and you use money. And you can't have it both ways. You're going to do one of the two. Either you're going to love money and you're going to use people, or you're going to love people and you're going to use money. And so that's what God wants us to do. And because we're laying up treasures in heaven. Look what he says. He goes on to say this. Use your money to do good, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given them, 
By doing this, they will be storing up real treasures for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for what? Eternity. And by the way, you know, we're going to live in eternity. I had another funeral this week. You know, and it's just another reminder that, you know what, this life is not all there is, that it is counting down. Hello? We are, we on the countdown. You know, that started the day you was born. That's a little morbid right now. You're like, Pastor, I don't want to think about that, right? But it's true. We have, we have to live for eternity. Okay, he goes on to say, and they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. Four times in the Scripture, Jesus says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Four times Jesus says that. But the question is this, how do I lay up treasures in heaven? How do I do that? Well, I want to tell you how you do that is this, is that you invest in helping people go to heaven. That's how you lay up treasures in heaven. The investment that you make in your local church and in and what God is doing in other people's lives to help them get there, then you're laying up treasures in heaven. You also want to help them grow spiritually. Matter of fact, our core four, that's what it's all about, is in your program, is to help you lay up treasures in heaven. That's what it's all about. And uh, I want to encourage you to, to, to embrace that and, and just read God's Word. You know, connect, grow, serve, and share so that you can lay up treasures in heaven. You know what? I don't want you to get to heaven, you know, like the guy I heard about one time said, you know, he, he went to heaven and uh, he walked past St. Pete there and he went into the gates and, and he went by this person that he didn't think that much of, you know, his neighbor uh, that he didn't think, you know, was, you know, that well off. And this guy gets there and he's got this huge mansion here. And this guy's like, whoa, boy, I can't wait. You know, I would know I'm a, I, was a, a, I did much better than this guy did down on earth, so I can't wait to see mine. And he goes past that mansion, he, he sees a little shack, I mean a little bitty two-by-four shack. And he says, what is that? He said, that's your house. He said, no, how can that be? You know, I know this guy that was my neighbor, and he didn't have that much wealth on earth, you know what? And, and here he's got a mansion, and I got a shack. He said, well, sir, we did all we could with what you sent ahead. Okay, you're going to wake up tonight laughing about that. You see, it's, it's being willing to make a commitment. This, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we were uh, in the van. We had taken our staff. We all went to lunch together one day. And we was coming back, and, and Chesney had just had found out that her husband, Danny, uh, Pastor Chesney, and uh, Danny, Danny's the guy that's normally singing up here. They're not here today. They're on vacation celebrating their 10-year wedding anniversary. That's awesome. Yes, let's give them a hand. That's awesome. But here's the deal, is that, you know, on his way to work, going up I-85 one morning, he was in traffic, and then there's a semi-truck that breaks, uh, somehow went out, and crashed into a vehicle behind Danny, and then that vehicle crashed into Danny, and basically made him an accordion, and crumpled his car up. Now, the good news is it didn't hurt Danny, but it totaled his car out. And their car just didn't like that much more of being paid for. And so Chesney, when she heard that, you know, the thing that she said to us in the van was, she says, I want you to know, Danny, the devil's not getting my I will money. <laughs> she'd, been, she'd been saving, and Chesney actually had been working another little part-time job helping to, to make sure she had an offering for her I will offering. And they'd already went over their budget, and they just about had that car paid for, so that was going to be part of their next two-year commitment. She said, the devil's not getting our will, our I will money. I want you to know that. 
And so they were concerned, but I want you to know something, because she had a spirit of generosity. I want you to know what was what the devil said is a catastrophe. It's it's going you gotta go back and finance a new car. I want to tell you that insurance company of that trucker, they paid more than what the car was worth. And so they got a new car, and Danny got a more stylish, cool car. <laughs> Amen. God turns those things for the good. Are you hearing me today? When you say, I'm going to be generous. And today I want to tell you about, the, in your uh, program, there's a card. Our I Will offering is coming up. Matter of fact, it's going to be on March the 6th. What day is it going to be on? March the 6th. We're asking you to bring these cards back with a commitment. To give you time to pray over them so that you... And listen, Ron and I have made that commitment. We've already made ours with many of our leaders here already. And I'm excited about what God is doing at Stockbridge Community. Why? Because every seat tells a story. You know what? My story is being told. Your story is being told. And their story will be told. Amen? Amen. Every seat tells a story. So I'm asking you if you'll take out your, um, your connection card. On the back of it, I'm asking you will, you, will you do this with me? It says... My family and I will be a part of the I Will Giving Initiative. I'm asking you to go ahead and make that decision that you're going to be a part of this somehow, in some way, that, that you can be a part of a miracle, that you can lay up treasures in heaven with the rest of us. Okay, all right. Now, number six, generosity reminds me that God is my source. Would you write that down? God is my source. I want you to look at this verse with me. In uh, James 1 and 17, it says this, Every good action and every perfect gift is from who? Every, now, did you notice that? Every good action and every perfect gift is from who? God. From God. From God. He goes on to say, These good gifts come down from the Creator of the sun, moon, and stars who does not change like their shifting shadows. I want to tell you today that God is the source of every good thing that comes your way. Every good thing. Every good action and every blessing that you have comes from Almighty God. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, you know what? I've done pretty good for myself, and you know what? I, I think I'm okay. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's going to come a day that you're going to need something that you can't do for yourself. And, it, you know, and I just want to say this to you. It doesn't matter how high you go up the ladder you are never the most high. Well, let me say that one more time. It doesn't matter how high you climb the ladder, you are still never the most high, right? God is the most high. You see, God is the source. And see, what we have a problem in our culture of doing is that we have a problem of getting confused. We get the source confused with the resource. You see, God uses things to get things to you, Right? Like, right now, you know, like, many of us, uh, we all... How many of you go to the grocery store and buy your groceries? Let me see your hand. You go to the grocery store, all right? Great. That's the majority of us. So that means that most of us don't live on farms and grow our own food, right? So really, we, if we say that, okay, we go to Kroger down here to get our food, then Kroger really is our resource. It's not our source. Because we get, we get our food from Kroger, but Kroger doesn't get their, you know, Kroger gets its food from somewhere else, all the distributors, and then they back it up to all the way back to the farmers and the, uh, to get the food right. 
But the farmers had to put the seed in the ground. That ground is not the farmers. God created the, uh, the, the soil, right? The earth. And guess what? They can put the seed in that ground. They can cover it up. But it takes God to give the sunlight. It takes God to give the rain. What I'm telling you is everything, when you back it up, back it up, back it up, you're always going to find up it ends up with Almighty God. Amen? Amen. God is the source. He's not the resource. And see, the problem is this, is that you think your company is the source. You think, you think, you know, you think your, your banker is your source. You think your friend is your source. You think maybe a relative is your source. I'm telling you, they're not your source. And the moment that you treat a resource like it's your source, it becomes your God. And guess what? When it becomes your God, you bow down to it. You say, oh, oh, and so guess what? That resource begins to control you, doesn't it? But I want to tell you something. My friend, listen, it reminds me, I don't know if I should tell this story or not, but I'm going to tell it because you're the 9 o'clock, you're the 9 o'clock crowd and you can handle it. There was at one time when we were building our building, before when we was in the school, we was moving here. And you know, there was this lady uh, in our church and she and her husband, and they were well off, and, and God, I thank God for them. But I remember one time she come to me and she pulled out her checkbook and she says, Pastor, if you don't do things the way I'm telling you, she had her checkbook, she was shaking it at me. And she said, you know what, I'm going I'm to leave and I'm going to take this with me. Wow, you know, my flesh went, oh, crud. You know, that's a big portion of our budget, what you going to do? But then I just had the Holy Spirit of God just checking my spirit right then. And I probably shouldn't have said what I said. But all of a sudden, the, you know, the Holy Spirit sometimes just comes in and lets you say what you need to say. And I said, ma'am, I want you to know something. I love you, and I love your husband, and you're wonderful people. You've been good to this church. You've been good to us, and thank you for all that you've given. But I want to tell you something, that you know what? I don't serve you. I don't serve you. I don't bow to you. I serve to him. And your checkbook, honey, if you take it, you're not my source. God has always been my source, and he'll send another channel to make sure that his kingdom goes forward. So I just want to say thank you for all that you've done. I invite you to come on and ask God to forgive you, and let's move together. But if not, this baby will not stop because God is bigger than your checkbook. Amen. Well, I want to tell you, it happened. You know, after you have those kind of moments and I said, okay, well, I, we're out of here. I said, oh, crap, what did I do? Oh, I'm not supposed to say that, am I? I'm sorry. <laughs> what have I done? But guess what? Our church has just continued to grow and expand, and God's always provided. Listen, listen. As a, as I've had to learn this as a pastor. I've had to learn this as a man, as a husband, as a father, that nobody is my source. Nobody's your source. God is my only source. And listen, when, when one resource moves out of the way, God's got another one. Amen? When, when, listen, I've learned that when I'm out of options, God's not out of options, right? He's got another plan. So I just hold on to Him. I've held on to God for all these years. I'm not going to change now. How about you? I'm going to hold on to my source and say, God, you're going to lead me all the way home. Amen. Some of you got a people you got to talk to, don't you? They've been holding that over your head, haven't they? Huh? Oh, you know what? I'm going to leave you if you do this. I'm going to do... No, 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 no. You are not my source. I love you, but He's my source. Amen? Amen? Amen. It reminds me of a story that I read this week. Uh, I read uh, in Max Licato's book, in a book that he had written called Love Worth Giving. He tells a story about Skinner and Arthur. 
Skinner and Arthur were high school buddies. They did everything together. They double-dated together. They skipped school together. They did all the things that teenagers do when they were growing up. They were inseparable. So when one of them decided to sign up for the, for the draft, the other one followed. And they entered into a boot camp during the 1940s. And as they entered the boot camp, they actually went through boot camp together, and they, they boarded a ship in World War II and headed to the Philippines and began to fight in World War II. When they got to the island, that's where they were separated. Uh, Skinner went one direction, and Arthur went with another battalion, and they, they got into the war, and, and it wasn't long, uh, probably a couple months into it, that Skinner's uh, battalion was captured and taken into a Japanese control, and they were actually taken into a prison work camp, and there they begin to work. And so, Arthur, the other guy who's his battalion, was captured in about another month uh, separate from that. And he was carried into a separate work camp. Well, little did he know that Skinner was actually in this boot camp over here, and it had something called the Zero Zone. And that's where when you go into that, the Zero Ward, was where they expected you to never come out because you had some kind of disease and you were going to die. And so, God created somehow happened to where actually Arthur ended up working on, the, on that work camp to where the Zero Ward was. And he heard about his friend Skinner who was in that Zero Ward. And so, Arthur was a hard worker and, and, the, and the Japanese uh, guard that was there, he, he, he noticed his hard work and, and he actually become friends with him to some degree. And so Arthur asked him for a favor one day. He said, can I go over and can I see if I can find my buddy? And the, guy, the Japanese guard gave him five minutes to go to the fence. And so he went to the fire. He went, so he, uh, Arthur left everything there. He ran to the fence. And they, the fence separated the, the, the work camp and the zero ward where all the sickness was. And he yelled out. He said, Skinner! Nothing happened. He yelled again, Skinner! And just about that time, he got ready to yell one more time. He said, Skinner! And he was getting ready to walk away, and all of a sudden, this young guy comes running out of the ward. And he comes running to the fence, and the author said, I could not believe my eyes. It was Skinner. Here he was, 79 pounds. Face all dirty. Raggedy. He said, I could look, just look in his eye, and I saw a glare in his eye. He said, it was all that I could do to look at him. I wanted to walk away because I realized that I was looking at death. And the only thing that was alive in his body was this boisterous spirit to want to live. He said, I looked at him because the, the word was that nobody leaves the zero ward alive. They all die. And there he was. He stood with all these, with scurvy and all these tropical diseases there. His body was just dehydrated, so his eyes were bulging out. And he looked at him and, and he said, Skinner, you have to fight. And Skinner said, No, I think my time is over. I think I'm going to die here. We know no one leaves here. And as Arthur was rubbing his face like this, he began to rub down, and he rubbed his neck. And as he rubbed his neck, he had a handkerchief around his neck to catch the sweat. But he had his most valuable possession in that, in that handkerchief, and that was his high school class ring. For some, that's the only valuable possession he had. So he, he took his class ring out, he got it out, and he reached through the fence, and he put, said, Skinner, take this. And Skinner said, no, I can't take that. That's your high school class ring. That's the only valuable thing you have. He said, no, take this. And as he gave him this ring, he says, Skinner, I want you to know 
I want you to take this class ring and I want you to go and I want you to give this to one of the soldiers and try to negotiate them to give you medicine. And so what he was saying with this class ring was this, is that I believe in you and don't you give up. And Skinner took the class ring, he walked back 90, 79 pounds, just a skeleton. He walked back and he hid it in his barracks. And, and one day, one of the nicest guards, one of the nice guards that he recognized come through, and he took that ring and he gave it to him. And the Japanese asked, is it valuable? And he said, yes, it's valuable. When the guard left, and he didn't see him for two or three more days, and then the third day, the guard comes walking by Skinner. There he is, basically lifeless. He had lost all of his strength. He's so dehydrated. And that guard walks by, and out of his pocket, he drops a little packet that has a pill in it. Skinner gets that pill, and he gets some water, and he takes that pill. The next day, that guard comes back by, and he drops another pill out of his pocket as he walks by. Skinner takes that pill, and then all of a sudden, he begins to able to drink. And so the guard comes by again, and one day under his coat, he drops some corned beef there at his feet, and he begins to eat, and he starts getting more healthy. And then one day the guard comes by and he drops a new pair of pants and, and he puts on these new clothes and, and now Skinner's getting his strength back and he's able to work again and he's able to move from that zero ward out to the other population. All because his friend gave the very best that he had to a person who was at their worst. And when he gave that ring, it symbolized I believe in you. Don't give up. Today, we're about to receive Holy Communion. Holy Communion is God saying to you, I gave my very best to you. When you were at your worst, when you deserved to die, when I, when I should have turned my back on you, I gave my very best to you today to say this, I believe in you don't give up. Did you hear that? God says, my generosity is this. I gave my son Jesus to tell you, I believe in you. Don't give up. I believe in you. Don't give up. And today, as we are about to receive Holy Communion today, we're going to take the bread in just a moment, and we're going to take the juice, and it is a reminder of God's covenant with us, that He is our source, that He gave His best to say, I believe in you. Don't give up. I'm going to pray a prayer with you before we receive communion this morning. If you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, communion is for believers. I want to invite you into God's family. And so today, we're going to pray, and then as I pray, you can simply say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. Forgive me of my sins. And for the rest of us today, it's a time to where we begin to examine our hearts. And, I'm going to, and when I say amen, the band's going to come, in, and they're going to sing the first part of this song, but I don't want you to stand. I want you to stay seated. And I want you to just, as they're playing the first part of this song, I just want you to examine your life before Almighty God. And then I want you to receive Holy Communion with me. If you don't have a communion cup, just simply raise your hand as you sit there and our ushers will bring you one. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you that you gave your best today, God. That your generosity began with you. That you gave your best, O oh Lord, to us when we didn't deserve it. And this morning, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will touch us in a very powerful way. And God, for those that are here today that, 
do not know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray today that they would simply say, Dear Jesus, I don't deserve your gift of salvation, but today I ask you to come in my life and, and save me because I can't save myself. And forgive me of my sins and come into my life and save me. And God, the rest of us that are sitting here today, we're saying, God, examine our hearts, O oh Lord. Lord, we want to we renew our spiritual covenant with you today through communion. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.secview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.